Now we're back to COVID and uh, it's various uh, friends and relatives in the uh, infectious diseases area. Um, and so, of course, we're talking with Professor Stuart Burzens from Federation University, who is our basically go-to guy for all these infectious disease issues. Thanks yet again, once again, Stuart. Nice to talk with you, Paul. Stuart, there's uh, three sort of uh, parallel things that I'd, I'd like to touch on first off. Um, firstly, of course, is the situation with COVID. Um, and I think there's a new set of letters and numbers we, we might have have heard of. Secondly, uh, the uh, what we might call the, the normal flu, influenza. Um, and thirdly, um, I'd like to touch on pneumonia, if I might. Um, and the connecting thing is vaccination. Um, people, uh, for instance, have said to me recently um, about, you know, the deaths from COVID. Oh, well, people dying from pneumonia too. But the fact is that they are dying from that and flu and COVID, and they're all um, might be mitigated by vaccination. That's an excessively long question, but go for it if you can. <laughs> no, well, look, you're absolutely right. Pneumonia, uh, you, you can get pneumonia as a result of the flu or as a result of, uh, of COVID. Uh, and so you're, you're certainly better placed to avoid uh, both of those viruses. And um, that's going to help you avoid, you know, more serious um, you know, conditions such, such as pneumonia developing. So, yes, uh, the, the advice there hasn't changed. It, um, being vaccinated against these types of things is, is only ever going to be helpful. Uh, and I, I ask that partly because I seem to recall actually getting a, a vaccine, uh, and it might be now more than 12 months ago, uh, for pneumococcal disease. Uh, am I imagining that or was, did I, am I confusing something? No, you're not. Uh, you can get uh, so you can you can be vaccinated against that. So uh, it, it might help just to explain, you know, how the relationship between say pneumonia and uh, you know and the flu and, and things like that, because people often you know get a cold and then they're sort of saying, well, gee, I hope it doesn't develop into pneumonia. The reason that it sometimes can is because when your lungs are infected with a virus like COVID or, or like influenza, um, the 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 very action of the virus replicating that is dividing within your body, it's damaging your lung cells. And as a result of that, it exposes those, uh, it exposes your lungs to uh, bacteria that's, that's in your body anyway. It's in, sort of in your lungs, but usually we're very, very good at defending against it. But when there's damage in that area, those bacteria can start to get a foothold. And so then you get these secondary conditions occurring as a result of the damage of the first. So I guess you could say it's not, uh, it's not that influenza is directly, it's not influenza that's causing directly the pneumonia, it's causing some damage to your lungs that's then allowing pneumonia to develop. Um, and so that's why the two, the two are kind of linked, but, but they are separate things. So, uh, you know, you'll hear your doctor sort of saying, and I should say that I'm, I'm not a doctor, I'm a researcher, but you'll hear your doctor saying, you know, there's no point taking antibiotics because, uh, you know, the flu is caused by a virus. But if you've got pneumonia, they say quickly, let's, let's, take some let's take some antibiotics. And the reason for that is that the virus has caused damage to your lungs. That's allowed a bacterial infection to develop. So it's a secondary infection. And that can go on to cause uh, pneumonia. So that's why you can get these cascading effects coming through where, 
you know, the, the flu virus or the COVID virus that you happen to have caught, if it was just that, you'd be, you'd be okay. Your immune system, you know, you'd be a bit crook, but, um, you know, nine times out of 10, you'd recover relatively well, but it can make you more vulnerable to other conditions. And pneumonia is certainly one of the more serious ones of those. And I guess that's uh, what we've found is true with COVID over the, the years as well, that uh, it is, as you say, these cascading effects that that uh, often uh, result in uh, deaths. In fact, I suppose some people who are trying to pretend that COVID's not a, an issue are saying, oh, well, people are dying with COVID, but from something else. It's sort of splitting hairs a little bit. Yes, it, it's actually, it, it's quite interesting. Um, you know, sometimes people point at, at that and say, oh, you've died with COVID rather than of COVID. And, and statistically, it looks almost like the opposite is true. If you look at the expected rate of death occurring in the community um, and compare that to the number of deaths attributed to COVID, um, COVID is only sort of uh, contributing about 30% of the, of the unusually high level of um, mortality that we've got in the community over the last couple of years. So because it's suddenly appeared out of nowhere that, that a higher proportion of people are dying than, than we would expect, um, it seems very likely that that's due to COVID. But when you subtract then, when you look at the actual number of people who, you know, on their death certificates got, you know, died because of, of COVID or complications from COVID, that doesn't account for, for all of those additional deaths that's, that's occurring. And we think that at least part of that is because um, people get COVID and either they might recover fully, you know, from, from the virus or sort of have, you know, long COVID or, or, or sort of an extended period of, you know, relatively mild COVID, but it makes you more vulnerable to other conditions. Um, and it seems like COVID is contributing to an increase in deaths caused by factors other than COVID directly. So it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's indirectly causing a vulnerability to other diseases that can also kill you. Um, so... Yeah, it's, it, we're still pulling all of this apart and you and I have talked previously about, you know, things that can directly come from COVID uh, even after the virus is cleared. You know, long COVID uh, can affect you in a number of different ways. Um, but, yes, the, the bottom line is that uh, COVID does seem to, uh, it, it can kill you directly, but it can also lead to a increased susceptibility to diseases other than COVID and that that is a problem not limited to COVID itself. Influenza can do that as well. And um, you've probably heard of um, viruses can sometimes cause, you know, diseases as, uh, as apparently different as, you know, multiple sclerosis and things like that. One disease can make you more, more vulnerable for, to another. So, um, you know, preventing disease where you can is always going to be helpful. So if we can uh, return to part of my earlier ramble, um, and that was the the what I've noticed is a new uh, set of letters and numbers describing yet another variant coming out. Uh, could you tell us about that? Sure, and I, I think I had a bit of a ramble there as well, Paul. So, um, so I'll try and be succinct. So I, I guess people sort of look at the newspaper and hear the news, and they you know there's a new there's a new uh, variant that's appeared, and people might have heard of. You know, certainly would have heard of, you know, Alpha and Delta, the, the Greek numbers, and then Kraken appeared, and then uh, the latest one is one called uh, Arcturus. Um, 
and I, I guess it gives the impression that you know one disappears and one and one new one sort of takes over completely, and that that can happen with time. But what we're seeing in Australia at the moment is that we've got about five or six main or different types of the Omicron version of um, COVID circulating at the moment. So yes, Kraken is out there. Yes, Acturus is out there. Yes. Uh, you know, Omicron, you know, BA1, BA2, these, these sorts of ones are out there at the moment as well. But we, at this point in time, we're in a little bit of a, a variant soup where there are different variants around at the moment. And that's interesting scientifically, but, but, but annoying medically because people can respond differently to different variants. Different variants cause different symptoms, for instance. And at the moment, um, you know, you'll, you'll talk to people and they'll have very different experiences with COVID. And we think um, certainly some of that is due to the fact that there are different variants circulating at the moment. So one person might have caught Kraken, another person might have caught this Arcturus one, and another person might have caught the, you know, um, the XBB viruses that, uh, that are also around. So, yes, there's, a, there's always new ones emerging. And at the moment, there's a lot of different ones circulating uh, in, the, in the community. Oh, well, you, you've you've given us a, yet another term that we should should all uh, get into, and that's uh, variant <laughs> soup. I'm I'm very interested in that. Yeah. Um, so the, the the variant soup that you describe, um, does that mean yeah. that, uh, w- or what does that mean for the vaccines and also for the the tests that many of us are still doing on a regular basis? Well, that's a very that's a very good question. Um, so the variants. Um, while they have their different names and things, they are all still COVID and the ones circulating at the moment are all variants of Omicron. So they're all, you know, uh, branched off you know, the, the central Omicron tree, if you like. So the tests that, that we run, um, you know, the rat tests and the, P- and the uh, PCR tests that people will have heard of, they are detecting things that are common across all of the variants. So they're looking for... Uh, whatever it is in the virus that makes them COVID or that makes them Omicron. Um, so they focus on things that don't change in the virus rather than the things that, that make the variants different. So what that means is that the um, tests themselves remain accurate across the, di- the different forms. So um, people can be confident that if the virus is there in sufficient in a sufficient amount, um, that the tests will work. But... It, with in terms of the vaccines, um, the different variants are slightly different from one another. And the vaccines work not just by targeting one part of the virus, but they target as many different parts as possible um, so that your, your army of immune cells can attack the virus from many different directions at once. And when there are changes, um, you know, due to mutations in these new variants, what that can mean is that our targets are slightly reduced. So our immune system um, has been shown the virus that we wanted to attack, and that's that's what happens when you're vaccinated. You're shown sort of a part of the virus. Uh, the vaccine itself doesn't hurt you, that, that part of the virus, but it shows the immune system what the virus will look like. And so that's what it's looking out for. So when one comes along that's a little bit different, your immunity is not quite as strong as it otherwise might be. Um, now the the problem, I guess, in the in the the short term problems are, are, are very minor because the changes from one 
variant to another tend not to be very great. So if, you're very, if your immune system is very effective against one variant, chances are it will be pretty effective against the next one as well. But over time, as the virus sort of changes and changes and changes, it gets further and further away from what it used to look like, and that can mean that your immunity does wane. And what we've got at the moment is you've probably heard of these new vaccines, uh, the bivalent vaccines that are based on Omicron rather than the earlier versions that were based on the very first forms of, uh, of COVID. Um, we can end up chasing our tails a little bit because even the new variants, uh, sorry, even the new vaccines, they are based on Omicron BA1 and BA2, but those versions of Omicron don't exist anymore in, in the community or they're at very, very low levels. We're, we've sort of moved on to Omicron XBB and Omicron Kraken and, and they're slightly different. So our vaccines are, get better over time, but we're always sort of chasing our tail because by the time the vaccine is developed and people have taken that new vaccine, it's somewhat out of date. So that's why there will always be updates to these sort of vaccines and that it will be important for people to keep taking them over time and not just sort of go, right, well, I've, I've been vaccinated. That'll do me for forever. Um, it unfortunately doesn't work like that. And unfortunately, it, it with the numbers we're seeing, it seems like that's an attitude that sort of got into people's heads. You know, they've had the first two um, and the, the, the re repetition, the, the boosters are dropping quite significantly in the community. Spot on. Um, there's actually been a very, now that we're sort of, you know, a few years into the, uh, into the pandemic, we're starting to get some really good data coming through from, um, you know, from the experience of people getting sick and, and all of the tests that have been recorded centrally. Um, and there was a study released last, well, last month, I think it was, by the University of New South Wales, um, who basically got together all of the all of the data related to uh, deaths caused by COVID and, and hospitalizations caused by COVID in Australia. So it's a very local study. And what it showed was that um, the vaccines are very effective at preventing serious illness for about three months. They were classed as being 90% effective. After three months, though, that starts to drift down and the effect is only 50% after six months, and then it falls further and further and further. So everyone has sort of, you know, had some level of vaccines, but the really important thing to remember at this time is once you have been vaccinated, the important thing is then not how many vaccine vaccinations you've had, it's how recently the last one was. So if you've had five vaccinations, but the last one was a year ago, and I've had three, but my last one was last month, I'm much better protected than you are, even though you've had five and I've had three. It's sort of counterintuitive, but now that we're all vaccinated, um, we've got some level of protection there and that, that will always provide, you know, better protection than not being vaccinated at all. But to be classed as fully vaccinated, you really need to have had a vaccine within the last six months or otherwise your protection is going to keep, is going to be lower than what it should be and it'll keep falling. And as I think we've we've talked spoken of before, um, although the, the 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 process that the the virus is going through is somewhat different from the the flu, uh, those of us who've been into this for a while um, have been getting regular flu vaccines, which have always each year been tweaked and made a little different from the last lot because the the, the virus has changed a bit. Oh, that, that's exactly right. And that, that's why um, there, there's always 
you know, right now there'll be being new and improved versions of the vaccines being uh, being produced. The flu one has always sort of been a bit problematic because there's lots of different strains of flu uh, that are sort of, you know, endemic in the community. And unfortunately, the ones that crop up change from year to year. So in Australia, um, because it takes, you know, six months to, to actually make up enough of the vaccine to distribute so that people can take it at the start of winter, um, you the scientists have kind of got to take an educated guess at the end of the previous year about what's going to appear the next year. Typically, they'll base that on what's happened in the, nor- in the Northern Hemisphere because they, they're going through their winter, so we go, oh, well, you've got this type of influenza, you've got that type of influenza, that's the ones that we'll, we'll target. And for the most part, that works pretty well. Every now and again, it doesn't work very well and one comes out of the blue that the vaccines... Um, you know, aren't ideal, aren't ideal for. Um, and so the effectiveness overall of the influenza vaccine is probably not as good as, well, it certainly isn't as good as it is for COVID because the, the COVID has some very distinctive characteristics that we're able to reliably target year after year with the vaccines. And it's only sort of at the outer edges, the changes that occur with the variants that the uh, that the level of protection drops. But with the influenza um, vaccine, unfortunately, you can have a situation where um, what we thought was going to appear uh, in that flu season doesn't appear, and then we have to sort of rely on our natural immunity more so than, uh, more so than the vaccine. Well, notwithstanding that uh, many people are sort of shrugging their shoulders and say they don't want to think about it anymore, uh, I do appreciate you giving us the background so that we do understand better what's going on. And I hope our listeners uh, find that at least interesting, if not uh, informative. And thanks again for your time. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. Yeah, I I would just like to say, you know, we're coming into winter now and I know a lot of people have been vaccinated last year. And so that is, you know, it's six months past. So I'd really encourage people Uh, If they haven't been vaccinated, uh, please do so. For all our sakes, individually and the community, and I hope that the community isn't as heartless as it might appear to be in terms of writing off the many deaths from COVID as being just something to uh, put up with.